following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. And right now, everyone on the DraftKings Sportsbook app can get boosted winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays with DraftKings' biggest payouts ever. So why bet on the NBA anywhere else? Bet on the Pistons or your favorite NBA team throughout the season. And right now, get that stepped-up same-game parlay boost up to 100%. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and always use that promo code HUGE when you sign up. It is a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. You ready? Now, let's go to the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Studio with the huge one, Bill Simon. What's up, Michigan? It's hour number three on this Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app where Michigan is getting seven and a half points on the DraftKings big board. We'll talk to Doug Skeen from the Wolverine.com in a few moments. Five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, late 80s, early 90s, co-host of the Wolverine.com podcast with Chris Ballas, and he'll break down the game. It's going to happen Saturday in Columbus. Wolverines or the Buckeyes. One team moves on to the Big Ten title game undefeated. And if you go through the Harbaugh checklist, On what's missing, it would be a win in Columbus and a national championship. And I'm telling you right now, this is the year. It wouldn't surprise me, even with how they played against Illinois last Saturday, we'll talk to Skeen about that in a moment, that it's wide open. So Tennessee's out of the picture. USC looks really good. But they got Notre Dame. If you're a Michigan fan, you're rooting for Notre Dame to beat SC and K-State to beat TCU in that Big 12 title game. That, to me, is the path for the loser of Michigan, Ohio State, to have a shot, if not get a fourth and final spot in the college football playoff. Because if you go by what's expected. So Georgia will be a a pretty good favorite over LSU in the SEC title game. So there's your overall number one seed. Winner of Ohio State, Michigan, I think is in regardless, even if they would lose the Big Ten championship game because of that win over the other school, whether it's Michigan beating Ohio State or Ohio State beating Michigan. So that's two with the winner from the game on Saturday in Columbus. And then you start doing the math with Tennessee out of the picture. Who's that third and fourth team right now? Could it be a two-loss LSU team? If they would beat Georgia in the SEC championship game, 
I think their two-loss resume would be better than a one-loss Ohio State or a one-loss Michigan. And if USC would beat Notre Dame and win the Pac-12, they're the other team. Or if TCU wins. You know, if it... If it goes by favorites and Georgia beats LSU, TCU wins the Big 12 championship game, and SC wins their final two games, including the Pac-12 championship, there's three of your four with the Ohio State-Michigan winner, the fourth team. Even if they would lose the Big Ten title game, I think they're guaranteed a spot in the final four, the winner on Saturday. That's why TCU running uh, the field goal unit out, out of timeouts, Rushing through a field goal and they beat Baylor and Waco. That was big for Michigan. And USC looks really good under Lincoln Riley. I'm talking really good. And I think quietly with the injury to Corum, the injury to a hooker with Tennessee, C.J. Stroud not having his best game. I think on the outside coming fast right now for the Heisman is Caleb Williams. If he wins, if he plays well against N.D., if he plays well against ND, he could, again, we don't know what quorum we're going to see on Saturday. And Stroud could have a monster game against Michigan and maintain his lead. But I think Caleb Williams from USC is going to win the Heisman if quorum isn't healthy with a 150-plus yards and a couple of TDs against Ohio State. And the hooker QB for Tennessee, he tore his ACL, so he's out. A lot of drama here at the end of the college football season. And it's more drama than we'll get in the college football playoff. It's more drama we'll get from any bowl game. It's why I love college football. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman, late 80s, early 90s at the University of Michigan. Also co-host of the Michigan Football Podcast you can hear weekly at thewolverine.com, he's standing by in the Meyer guest line, and let's talk about Michigan-Ohio State on Saturday. Welcome back, Skeener. Good to be here, Bill. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's Thanksgiving week. That means Michigan-Ohio State, no matter what the records are, but here they are, both undefeated. Uh, monster game in Columbus, the checklist for Harbaugh. Uh, he hasn't won at Columbus, and he hasn't won that national championship. And something that Ballas told us earlier you won't know until game time how good Quorum is in terms of if he's good to go or even good enough to contribute. That, that to me, is the biggest factor here on Michigan-Ohio State week. Yeah, there's no question in my mind. But I think there's a other, couple others, Bill, that I think stand out. I think we need to be we need to have Keegan in there at left guard. El Hadi's done a nice job in, in backing him up in there. But I think Keegan is a more polished left guard and a little bit better in there than the young player, Ohadi, who's got a lot of upside. But we really need our starting left guard back in there to complement Olawatimi in the middle. And it'd be nice to get Schoonmaker back, Schoonmaker back at the tight end position, running and catching some of those balls. And then the other thing that has to happen in my mind is, yes, we need to have a, absolutely a healthy Blake Corum back there. But J.J. McCarthy is going to have to play his very best game putting balls in very catchable spots where it belongs on time. And they're going to have to be caught because the clunkiness of this passing offense, which really was exposed last week against Illinois. If we play at that level, it'll be ugly in Columbus. 
What about the struggles of J.J. McCarthy that really haven't been amplified until Quorum got hurt? And his touch on short throws, you know, Anthony should have caught the touchdown. Uh, but just the lack of touch from McCarthy, and they haven't had to rely on him all season to win games. It's pretty much been both lines and Quorum and Edwards at times. Why the struggles of J.J. McCarthy on simple, easy throws? Well, I think part of that, Bill, is, is uh, you know, I talk about this all the time in the podcast and from experience. In that first quarter against Illinois, J.J. took three significant hits after releasing the football. And I say this time and time again. If you, as a defense, can get to a quarterback in the first quarter of a football game, it doesn't have to be sacks and tackles for losses, but if you can get good physical pops on that guy, it makes quarterbacks nervous. It sets them, it sets them off for the rest of their day. They're worried about protection instead of sitting in there reading a defense and finding a comfort level of putting the ball where it belongs. And that happened Saturday. And in that first quarter specifically, he's on the ground three times after releasing the football. It's not good. I think that goes a long way in making a guy a little bit jumpy and a little bit nervous. The ball doesn't come where it needs to go. And then on the other side of, the, of that throw is our receivers have got to do a better job of getting separation, getting open. This has been an issue all year, but more specifically has been highlighted in the last half of the season. I go back the first half against Michigan State, they were covering our guys with fair, fairly easily there in just one-on-one man-up defense. And so, once again, Illinois kind of did the same thing, and, and it's, it's a two-way street, right, Bill? So you got to protect that quarterback back in there. J.J.'s got to throw a very catchable ball, but there were several throws there against Illinois where the ball is arriving at the same time that defensive back is is over the top smacking that thing down. So you need a step or two of separation that we just don't seem to be getting. And then when you do have the chance with the big ball downfield and it hits you square in the hands and maybe bounces off your face mask, well, we all know that's just not good enough. Why the receiver issue? Because, you know, we talked uh, at our Tellingmore Fall Football Summit uh, to preview the season that, we, we thought the receiving core was the strength of this team going in, and yet they they look extremely slow on cuts, the separation. Uh, how many times have we seen a receiver wide open? I, I would think, well, I, I would think with the University of Michigan that there are a couple guys where you tell them to run and they should be able to outrun anybody, right? Well, in, in, certainly in the past, we've had many, many great players that have come through the program that we can all list off and name. But for whatever reason, this batch of guys, I would say, as you and I, going back to Tullymore, we talk about this often. They're good, not great, right? And, and so I think that, uh, you, know, uh, uh, you know, Ronnie Bell and, and Roman Wilson out there and Cornelius Johnson, they've done a nice job. They've been, and Andrell Anthony, you know, there's a lot of potential there, but I don't see any consistent game breaking out there or any consistent, you know, guys that, that a defense looks at and goes, Oh man, we got to roll with safety over here. We're going to have to help this corner on this guy. I don't, I don't see anybody in our receiving core that demands that kind of attention because we're not getting consistent separation specifically in man to man coverages. So that's why, you know, our tight end has become so important in this offense to run, to run those receivers off, clear out a mid-route, crossing over the middle, and J.J. has been pretty good all year long at hitting that guy across the middle there. I mean, he's doing it now with the young freshman tight end. 
as Schoonmaker's out with his shoulder injury there. So, you know, it's 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 just something, Bill, that's been just coming along. And, yeah, we thought that this group would be much, much better than they are. And like I said, I think they're good. I don't know that I'd use the great word with them. But to go into Columbus and win, you have to be great. Was Michigan better at QB with Cade McNamara than J.J. McCarthy? I don't necessarily believe that. I think that, uh, you know, as there's a lot of obvious, there's obvious skill differences and talent differences between these two quarterbacks. And many times this year in key situations, J.J. has put that ball underneath his armpit and taken off and ran and gotten first downs in key situations. Cade doesn't have that kind of speed with his feet. And when we re- when we run the read zone, and, and Cade really never was a threat to pull that thing and keep it around the end, I think J.J. is. It keeps the defense a little more honest. If you watch the games this year, defenses have had to hang a linebacker in there and spy J.J. often. And then based on what he's doing, they'll let him go or, or set him back in coverage. But this quarterback, of McCarthy here, requires someone to have eyeballs in him because of his feet. I don't know that, that uh, McNamara really – uh, required that. So, I, I listen, I'm a big fan of Cade McNamara. That kid led us to a, a, a Big Ten title and beat Ohio State. That's something that hadn't been done in a long, long time. He's a championship and he's a captain. So that kid's going to have my respect for other, forever. But the raw talent gap, I think, is measurable with these two young men. But I don't know that the, the results of this season uh, would have been dramatically different had Cade been in there. In fact, it might have been a little bit different to the worse without the ability to run that football when we needed to. Well, and by the way, uh, end of the day, it's not about personal stats at Michigan. That they're, you know, you're, you're number three in the country and you're undefeated going into Columbus. So, <laughs> you know, we're, we're really nitpicking, Doug. Hey, like, hey, you know, would well, they be, oh, I hear, you know, I, I think what I meant, would they be better in terms of the skill at the QB position? Not necessarily, they couldn't improve, like, would they have three extra wins? Would they be 14-0 right now with Cade? Well, Bill, here's another, here's another way to look at it. So let's let's punch a healthy Cade McNamara in there. Would that make our receivers get open any bit better? Any better? I don't think so. That's so, a good uh, point. You know, here's one thing that concerns me, and you played the game a hell of a lot more than I have, Doug. The body language of confidence with J.J. McCarthy doesn't look there like it was last year in that spot fill-in role. Well, that's certainly something I look at a lot is, is the body language of an offensive huddle. And certainly you look into the quarterback. It's one of the great things about you know modern broadcast to watch in football now. They get those tight views of the, the eyeballs of these kids out there playing. You can see sometimes the ones that look absolutely cool in the moment and, and others that have a look of pain on their face and others that look, have a look of panic. When you're standing in that huddle, you want you want to look in the eyeballs and see someone who's calm, cool, and collected and, and, and has that that look of let's go, we got this. Watch what I'm about to do. Um, and there may have been a little bit of that. And again, Bill, I think this comes back to the confidence that gets created by healthy stand-up protection by a quarterback that can deliver footballs that get caught for first downs versus a guy who's getting hit, badgered, running for his life a little bit back in there. You know, his heart rate's up more than it normally would be playing a football game because he's tired from running, running around trying to save himself. And I think a little bit too much for comfort, as well as this offensive line has played this year, for a quarterback who's trying to find his moxie and trying to find his swagger, you can't let the guy get hit. Um, so yeah, those things need to be cleaned up. And as, as it relates to this coming Saturday in Columbus, 
Watch for the first quarter hits on the quarterback. We've got to keep him clean. He's got to feel comfortable in there and stand in there and find his guys. Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman at the University of Michigan, late 80s, early 90s, also a talented co-host. Actually, he's sitting in the A chair next to the A microphone with Chris Ballas <laughs> on the Michigan Football Podcast at thewolverine.com. You can hear that weekly uh, throughout the season. He's joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. You know, Doug, I, I wonder with the receivers, uh, like a drag route, like the way they use their tight ends, why aren't they using their receivers like that? It seems every route with the receivers is 40 yards down the field. Well, yeah, I know that's, that's a perception that can be created, but uh, I think those routes are there. Bill. I think defenses have done a nice job of clogging that middle of the field there. And so when you're running those routes and you got linebackers that are hanging in the zone defense in there, you got to go. You got to throw it right away before you get into traffic, or you got to wait and wait and wait for that guy to clear the traffic before you can let, let go of that football. And sometimes he hasn't had the time to wait. Uh, this last Saturday, a few occasions, like I talked about, he certainly didn't. He had to get rid of the football. Um, that was one of the things that, going back to last year, I just thought that that McNamara. Here's here's one thing that I think McNamara is better than JJ at the crossing route pattern. That lead throw, JJ throws a nice football and is outstanding on the run. Um, but standing in a pocket, throwing the, the right to left or left to right pass, well, I just thought McNamara was outstanding at that. So there's one difference, I think, that goes in the check mark. Boom. The other guy. Boom. I knew but, it. I wasn't left on an but, island. Skeen came back and got me. <laughs> he brought he brought the motorboat back. Uh, he does a lot of motorboating during the summer. And he brought it back, and he picked me up. He says, I'm putting the motorboating aside. I got to go get huge. Uh, Doug, well, uh, well, again, you are you got a you got that big boat over there, like Port Huron, don't you? No, we're in Towers Bay, East Towers, Michigan. I didn't know. Well, that's over there somewhere with hundred point nine FM listeners. I know we're over. uh, You're over there. Me and Ballas, uh, the invitations keep flowing from you and your wife. I got to keep denying them about joining us on your boat. I probably got a better chance of getting on Jerry Jones or Tiger Woods boats. That I do Doug Skeen's boat. Yeah. Oh, next summer. Next summer right. Yeah, great. I got a T-shirt that says next summer. I've wore it for six years. <laughs> All right, Doug. Let's get you out there, Bill. Yeah, thanks. We'll, we'll see you there. Uh, let's uh, talk about how Michigan, uh, what they need to do, uh, how they do it to beat Ohio State on Saturday. What, what to you, Doug, based on the team you've watched all season long, what is the perfect game plan to beat Ohio State and get back to the Big Ten Championship for Michigan? Well, you mentioned 150 yards for Corum. I think it's got to be 150 yards rushing for whoever. Um, if it's Blake Corum, I think that's all the better because he has a way of wearing defenses down and frustrating guys because the guy just always fights forward for a few yards. I think our other backs are really nice. They don't seem to have the same kind of after-contact power that Blake does for a guy of his size. He does a super job at that. So, And, of course, you can check the turnover box. You can't have any turnovers down there. So Michigan's done a pretty good job this year of protecting that football. So no turnovers. Give me 150-plus yards of rushing offense. Give me a time of possession victory against the Ohio State offense. Uh, do not fall behind. You can't let them score fast. We've got to find a way to pressure their quarterback and get him out of some uh, some rhythm himself. 
uh, hang on tight against that wide receiver core of, of Ohio State with, with Harrison Jr. I mean, good grief, they're so good. Uh, you can't let that quarterback get going. So the recipe for Michigan is the same as we've seen all year long. You've got to control the football, keep the football, keep that offense on the sideline, protect it. And, Bill, if we score, if, I'm going to say this, if we kick more than two field goals in this game uh, down inside the red zone, then, boy, oh, boy, I, I think that's going to make it awfully tough to win. Uh, you've got to score touchdowns when you're on the road in Columbus to win. Well put, Doug Skeen, five-time Big Ten champion offensive lineman. People always ask, how'd he get five, Bill? I think he's lying. No, he was a redshirt. He got five late 80s, early 90s in Ann Arbor. Also co-host on the Michigan Football Podcast. Him and Chris do a great job at thewolverine.com. Doug, before I let you go, I need your prediction. Final score, Saturday in Columbus. Ouch, you're going to put me on the spot. Well, here it goes. As painful as it is to say this out loud, I don't know that we have enough going here with injuries, and I don't know that our passing game is going to be enough to keep up with the Buckeyes. I hate to say this, but I think Ohio State gets us by at least 10 points. Um, The home factor alone is usually worth a touchdown and a half for the home team in this rivalry. Um, this Ohio State team is loaded with offensive talent. I don't know that we can keep up. I think Ohio State, like 35, Michigan 21-ish, somewhere in there, sadly. Uh, Doug and Chris will be in a secret location throughout the holiday weekend (laughs) because of their predictions. Uh, They will not be interacting with public, and uh, the Maize and Blue Secret Service has put them in uh, broadcaster protection uh, through the end of the game. On Saturday. I want to be wrong. I want well, you guys, I tell you, like I told Ballas earlier, you're really lining up the subscriptions and getting people going to the Wolverine.com <laughs> to hear the oh. Michigan football podcast. But I respect you, Doug, because even with a, uh, a collection of five rings, you're on. It's like Ballas is, and that's why people uh, respect you. Well done. Uh, enjoy the holiday weekend and the game, and we'll talk Monday and look back at it. All right, thanks, and happy Thanksgiving once again. Go Blue. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to everybody. Doug Skeen. How was he not on Big Ten or ABC? Seriously. I told him, and, and we talked about this at the Tullymore Fall Football Summit there at the Tullymore Golf Resort in Canadian Lakes, Michigan. Which, by the way, for Christmas, stocking stuffers, golfers, go to TullymoreGolf.com and buy golf, gear, whatever. I said, here, I'll get you on a network, but I need 92% of what you make. And he said, what about 91? I said, it's a deal breaker. You get 8%, I get 92%. You become a star, I get rich. He goes, I'll pass. And you're never coming on my boat ever over there. In what bay did he say? Tawas Bay? I didn't know there's a Tawas Bay. I have a tough time with the Great Lakes. I always get Long Lake and Sparta confused with the rest of the Great Lakes. Flunked history in Sparta when I had to do the Great Lakes presentation and I had Long Lake next to Camp Lake. And they go, how'd you get Camp Lake and Long Lake in the Great Lakes? I said, because they're Great Lakes, great parties on those lakes. Even though I think Long Lake now between Cedar and Sparta, Northern Grand Rapids is like Seaweed City. Probably E. coli coli Bay, whatever you want to call it. 
If you have a comment on the Michigan Ohio State game at Huge Show on Twitter, the Huge Show on Facebook, all of our social network interaction is presented by the Denver Nuggets G League basketball team, the Grand Rapids Gold. They play their home games inside Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. They're home this Sunday. And Sunday home games, every one features the family four-pack. You can get four game tickets and a $20 concessions voucher for just $50. Four game tickets, $20 concessions voucher for just 50 bucks for the entire family. Get those tickets at Ticketmaster.com for Sunday with the Grand Rapids Gold at Van Andel Arena in downtown GR. Van Andel Arena box office or just search Grand Rapids Gold to get tickets. From Petoskey to Detroit, this show is huge. It's time to go in the huddle. One, two, three, top flight! DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the National Football League. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and be sure to use the promo code HUGE for a special offer when you sign up. That's code HUGE, H-U-G-E, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook. The Detroit Lions have won their third consecutive game by beating the New York Giants to the score of 31-18. to It was all about Jamal. Jamal Williams with three touchdowns on the day. In defensive end, Aiden Hutchinson, the number two overall pick in the draft back in April, intercepted a pass and recovered a fumble to help set up 14 points in the game. Jared Goff and the Lions offense didn't have a single turnover for the second consecutive game. Michael Badgley added a 24-yard field goal, and Detroit improves to 4-6 and six on the year, which until last week had not won a road game under second year head coach Dan Campbell. Now, they've won two in a row. Next up for the Lions, they're going to play host to the Buffalo Bills, who actually just played a home game on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns in Ford Field. They'll welcome the Bills back to Ford Field on the annual Thanksgiving Day game on Thursday at 12 Come back to the ultimate rock Christmas tradition. Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Two shows. December 4th, Van Andel Arena. Millions have made this their must-see holiday event of the season. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Trans-Siberian Orchestras, The Ghosts of Christmas Eve, The Best of TSO, and more. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes, our executive producer. Moneyline Monday, presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Always use code HUGE when you sign up to get the hookups. All the promo hookups use code HUGE after you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and sign up. Let's go talk about Michigan State's crushing. God, that's almost a season destroyer unless they shock the world and win Against Penn State, Matt Wenzel, MLive.com, Spartan Football Insider. Standing by in the Meyer Guest Line. How you doing, my friend? Good, Bill. How are you? Good. Uh, could you believe what you witnessed this past Saturday in that Indiana game? Uh, I still look at the box score and shake my head. Most box scores you would read like that, the other team won by minimum three touchdowns. Yeah, very surprising outcome, uh, you know, with what Michigan State had had gone through to, you know, after losing four straight games, being shorthanded with the injuries, suspensions, and to you know, win three of four and, and be on the verge of getting uh, gaining bowl eligibility and 17-point lead in the second half against 
a team that had lost seven straight, not really playing for anything. So, yeah, to blow that lead was surprising. And then, you know, you mentioned the box score. They, you know, statistically dominated. I mean, Michigan State finished with season high 541 yards total offense, just about doubled up Indiana. You know, the first down time of possession were all dominant, but special teams were, were critical, and Michigan State failed miserably in those. And then, um, you know, the big plays. So, on uh, the run defense remains um, bad. So, add all up, uh, credit to Indiana for, for sticking it out on a, on a pretty miserable day in East Lansing with it being really cold and windy uh, and, you know, coming back and winning that game. But, uh, uh, obviously a big loss for Michigan State. Uh, the Heat on Mel Tucker, if they don't beat Penn State and they're not bowl eligible from the momentum off of last year through number 11 in the country earlier uh, this year to 122 points given up in three losses in front of the faithful and the people who uh, helped pay for his contract, what will this offseason be like? Well, I mean, you know, you're going to have to reset. You know, it'll be about, you know, first of all, they got to, regardless of what happens, you know, whether they make win somehow pull out a win and, or getting even somehow five and seven bowl eligible through, uh, you know, spots being open and uh, APR scores. But regardless of how the, the this is going to end, you know, it's first it's going to be addressing the roster. Um, you know, that building a, a team was challenging enough years ago. You add in the portal, you add in the extra COVID year and everything. And it is really, uh, really difficult. Um, so they have to figure out who's going to be there, who's coming back. Who's going to use their eligibility? Whether they want those those players back has to be a two way street. Um, whether guys are going to leave and look to play elsewhere, and you know, and then then obviously recruiting is a big part of it. The uh, early signing periods next month. So how how you're going to build the roster for the future is, is absolutely the the first step. And then obviously, you know, if there's any if he decides to make any coaching staff changes. Matt, appreciate the quick update. We got to go hit a network break. Uh, we'll read you at mlive.com. Sounds good. All right, Matt Wenzel checking in on the Meyer guest line talking about Mel Tucker. Yeah. It will be a big offseason, but with $95 million guaranteed, I don't think he's going anywhere. Unless boosters want to pay that off. And that happens. Usually that stuff, those are the kind of things you see, you know, down in the SEC, right? If you miss any of our hours, interviews, full shows, our podcasts are free and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Soccer fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Hi, this is Matt Shepard. Just place a single first goal score prop bet on any World Cup game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM. Log on to your account or download the BetMGM app and sign up today. Then wager on any player to score the first goal in any World Cup game. And if your bet misses, you'll get up to $25 back in free bets. Game time into showtime with the king of sportsbooks. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. This is a new and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. 
Have you been to a Grand Rapids Gold basketball game yet inside Van Andel Arena? They're the Denver Nuggets G League team, and they feature talent from Kentucky, Baylor, Stanford, Duke, and more. Get your tickets now at Ticketmaster.com or the Van Andel Arena box office. And don't forget their home game specials. Tuesdays, two-for-one tickets. Thursdays, $2 beers and $2 dogs. And the Sunday Family 4-Pack. Get four tickets and a $20 concession voucher for only 50 bucks. Get your Grand Rapids Gold tickets now. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. It's the $100,000 Buckets of Cash. Every Saturday in November, each week, we're giving away $25,000 in cold, hard cash. Drawings are 7 to 11 p.m., with every winner taking home five grand. Grab Buckets of Cash only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway, reimagined. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Have you experienced Grand Rapids lately? The city is vibrant, growing, and offers up so much when it comes to entertainment, including two fantastic concert destinations, Van Andel Arena and DeVos Performance Hall. Just Google Van Andel Arena and DeVos Performance Hall. You can get a list of the current shows with tickets on sale. Also, DeVos Place is the go-to show and convention destination on the west side of the state. And if you want to experience GR, go to experiencegr.com and plan your getaway to Grand Rapids and West Michigan. And speaking of West Michigan, I do want to salute the West Michigan Sports Commission for their journey on bringing Grand Rapids major sporting events and building a brand that's big not only on the west side of the state, in the state of Michigan, but across America. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge Show is back live across Michigan. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer as we originate from the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Store Studio. To talk about the Lions. Man, start to finish. Uh, Risden, uh, last year maybe the Arizona game when they shocked us, but that was at home late in the season. Uh, this Giants game uh, off a two-game win streak and what the Lions did start to finish on the road. Uh, I'm trying to remember the last time I saw that from a Detroit team. It was great, wasn't it? So uh, we talked on Friday, and I said that one of the things that we like to do as writers is we like to have our game story and summary somewhat written or at least outlined before the end of the game. And it's been really hard to do that with these Lions because win or lose, they're always in until the very end. This one, I had the game story done by the middle of the fourth quarter because I knew they had this one. They just dominated the game from after the first couple of drives where they were feeling each other out, it was really clear that the, the Lions were going to win. They were going to win on the line of scrimmage. They were going to run the ball down New York's throats. And when New York tried to run, it was going backwards. And that was that, that was a glorious win. That That is a Dan Campbell and Aaron Glenn kind of game. And uh, they, they played it to perfection. They outcoached Brian Dable, who's a guy who was – you know, a couple of weeks ago, getting uh, a serious run for uh, for coach of the year, uh, and he got beat by Dan Campbell, and that's that's something that I think we all wanted to see was Dan come out and win a game. That look, we talked about it. I don't think everybody expected the Lions to win this game, but they expected them to be in this game. There was a game that they could win against a good football team, 
Uh, and, and on that day, the Lions were the better team, and that's that's something that we're just not used to. Why were they so dominant start to finish? And a rarity for any Lions fan or any member of the media to witness. Uh, why? What's the why or why's plural behind the Lions uh, dominating the Giants? You know, some of it was, was the matchup itself. The, the Giants have a lot of injuries. Their offensive line, uh, they lost their starting center and their starting right tackle in the game. They were playing a practice squad call-up as their starting right guard. So that helps explain why why Aline McNeil absolutely dominated them, why, why uh, Isaiah Bugs had a good game, why Aiden Hutchinson, uh, aside from his impactful plays elsewhere, also had a really good game. Look, Saquon Barkley, 15 carries for 22 yards. He's a lot better than that. So you got to give some concession to the fact that they were playing hurt. But they also, their wide receivers are terrible. Uh, that includes Kenny Galladay. Uh, the one guy who was effective was Wandale Robinson. It looks like he blew out his knee. Unfortunately, he's going to miss the rest of the season, which is a huge blow for them. So they just don't have the, they, they're not a team that's equipped to attack the Lions where the Lions are vulnerable. Uh, the, you know, we've seen it all this season. Teams attack the Lions not by running deep down the field. They run across the field. It's not what the Giants do. It's not what Daniel Jones is good at. It's not what their receivers are good at. So from a defensive perspective, it was a great matchup for the Lions, as good as you can expect to get. Uh, offensively, man, the, the line, again, they dominated. Jamal Williams was running really hard, found the holes very well. Justin Jackson provided a nice spark. You saw you saw good good decisions by Jared Goff. Other than the one throw down to uh, to DJ Shark, that probably should have gotten intercepted. Goff again didn't throw the first route available every time, and that that's a big key for him. If he's patient, if he looks around and surveys the defense a little bit, and he's got time to do it behind that line, then uh, then he can be a pretty effective quarterback. And you saw that again. So it was. Just a culmination of things. You've got to give some credit to the special teams, too. Uh, once again, Michael Badgley, perfect. The money badger getting it done at the kicker in a game where uh, the opposing kicker had some issues. They blocked an extra point. John Kaminsky got a hand on one. Uh, the punt game, the punt return game, the punt coverage game was all on point. And that's, uh, that's why it's a complete win, because they just didn't give up anything in any area. It was great. You know, you look at the pressures by McNeil. You look at this defense that goes Joseph to Rodriguez to Kaminsky, Harris to Barnes to Jacobs to Elliott. You look at Hutch's interception, uh, his pressure. You talk about uh, a, a total, complete defensive effort start to finish. Let's not overlook that Lions defense. Yeah, and, and they absolutely deserve the credit. And I'm glad you brought up Will Harris. Will Harris is a guy that, if people know me um, from listening to the podcast or even writing about him over the years, I've been really, really hard on Will Harris over the years. And it's not personal. I happen to like the guy a lot. He's a really good guy to talk to off the field. But, man, on the field, he just was not a good safety. He has found a home as the slot corner, and it works really well against teams, again, that don't run across the field a lot. He's, he's a guy that can carry a, a, a slot receiver or a tight end down the field. He's not a guy who can chase them across the field. So in games like this, he's a very effective matchup, and he, he played a very good game. He, by the way, is a great open field tackler, and that's something that the Lions really wanted and missed at, at slot corner when they were trying Mike Hughes or A.J. Parker in there. It's a really good fit, and it's a good adaptation that has come on since Aubrey Pleasant was fired. 
that, that, that that's it's not entirely uh, <laughs> a cause and effect there, but it's certainly not coincidental either that uh, that Harris is playing better. And you're seeing, you know, again, Jerry Jacobs on the outside providing look. He gave up catches, but he terminated the plays immediately. That's exactly what they want out of that defense. Don't give up. Don't get beat after you already get beat. Uh, that, that's something that Aaron Glenn preaches, and, man, they uh, they got it done. Uh, news on Jamison Williams, a wide receiver, waiting to make his debut first-round pick uh, with the Lions. Is it close? So he it was at practice today, which means that they have 21 days from today to either activate him from the not football injury list or put him on the shelf for the rest of the year. <laughs> They're not going to start that clock unless they have a pretty good idea that he's going to get activated. I wouldn't expect it this week, but uh, he's got, after this, after Thursday's game against Buffalo, he's got a, an extra time to get ready for that and extra practices to get some chemistry with golf and, and then, you know, real field, real field conditions to, uh, to get ready for that Jacksonville game. I'm, wouldn't surprise me at all if he plays 10, 15 snaps in that Jaguars game, uh, which is the week after Thanksgiving. His name is Jeff Risden from the LionsWire.com. Also, you can hear him on the Detroit Lions podcast. Uh, just search for that on YouTube. He's joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. So the short turnaround for the Bills, and the Bills played in Detroit. They flew back to Buffalo. They'll come back. They left some gear uh, behind. Uh, how do uh, the Lions match up against the Bills. Who do you give the edge for Thanksgiving Day in the Motor City? You know, Buffalo has not been the dominant team that they were early in the season recently. Some of that is Josh Allen is banged up. He's got uh, he's got a pitcher's injury, which isn't great for a quarterback. Uh, he was outplayed by Jacoby Brissett at Ford Field yesterday. Uh, unfortunately, the Browns' defense was. Not good. Uh, they dropped, I think, five passes, uh, three of which could have been touchdowns. So uh, the, the Bills are not invulnerable here. They're 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 a team that the Lions look. I do not expect the Lions to win this game. Let me put that out there first uh, and foremost. But they can play with the Bills. Uh, I think the issue that they have is that the Bills have more than one way to beat you, and they showed that yesterday against the Browns. Their their defense wasn't playing great. Josh Allen wasn't playing great. They got it done on special teams. They got it done uh, in the trenches. They ran the ball really well uh, and, and have a couple of different ways. It isn't just Josh Allen that can run. You know, they got they got backs that can, that can get it done too. And they're not afraid to go to what's away from what's not working to what will be working. And I think that's that's tough for for the Lions to match because talent wise, this is probably the best roster they played outside of. Uh, of Philadelphia all season. Uh, I do think the Bills have more talent than the Cowboys or the Vikings. So it's staying with them, staying close, uh, that, that, that has to be your hope. You know, don't don't fall into the hole early. Get out there, compete, make Allen confused, make him you know, throw bad passes, cash in in some red zone opportunities the way that the Jamal Williams has been doing so well. And they got a shot at this. Um, I, again, I wouldn't expect it. I, I, I think they're probably going to be favored or, or underdogs by probably at least a touchdown but uh you know they, hey three in a row we talked about it friday if you would have said when, when going into this stretch that the, you split these two games with the giants and the bills most every lions fan would have been happy well you got the win now do we want gravy on the turkey heck yes we do but we can't be too disappointed if they don't get it 
You can follow everything Lions at thelionswire.com. Also, search Detroit Lions podcast on YouTube. Jeff Risden, check it in on the Lions. Start to finish dominating win over the Giants. And if they beat the Bills on Thursday, uh, you'll be talking playoffs in terms of meaningful games coming up in December. Hard to believe their turnaround. I did not see it coming. A lot of people uh, did not see this coming. Uh, Jeff, thanks for the update. We'll talk soon. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. We are back live across Michigan, wrapping up a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use code HUGE after you download the app to get the promo hookups and also wager on Michigan. They're getting seven and a half points against Ohio State on Saturday. That's the current number on the DraftKings Sportsbook app big board. Just use code HUGE when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Superfly, what a Monday. What a holiday week. What a way to start it. Can't wait for shows uh, every day this week. Michigan, Ohio State, the World Cup. A lot going on. 24-7, anything you need is at thehugeshow.net. Also, if you missed any interview, any hour, any podcast, our podcasts are free and we are everywhere. Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Podbean, and more. Just search The Huge Show where you download podcasts. Big. Bad. Huge.